1: Here are your hosts,
0: Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
2: Welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCrady here on this Tuesday morning. Hope all of you had a uh, wonderful and safe Memorial Day weekend. Talk some baseball today. Ole Miss getting into the NCAA tournament. They are a three-seed in Coral Gables, Florida. They open with the number two-seed Arizona Wildcats, a team they, uh, at least in jersey color and logo, I'm familiar with from last season. It's a different Wildcats team. It's a different Ole Miss team from that Super Regional in Tucson last year. But Ole Miss opening with Arizona, playing Miami, We will uh, talk about that. Look at the bracket a little bit. Um, Ole Miss basketball did add Robert Kirby to its staff for its final uh, assistant coach as uh, well. And SEC spring meetings beginning in earnest today in Destin, Florida. So that more coming up today and this week on the podcast. Podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. It's May thirty first. It's the last day of Barbecue Month with all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. Remember, you can get uh, get some barbecue as cheap as uh, seventy nine cents for a drumstick, going all the way up to a family pack that's nineteen ninety nine. Where they give you a slab of ribs, they give you some sides, and fix you up for dinner there with the Oxford Exonian and all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. You get just the uh, the slab of ribs, the full rack sixteen ninety nine. If you'd like just the uh, maybe the keto version of a uh, barbecue month here. This last day of May again coming up at the Blue, all Blue Sky locations in
3: Mississippi. and Again, completely from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662 257 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around or uh, you can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do. And let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guest join on the uh, Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to grab a burger, a po' boy, appetizer, all that. Don't forget, Rafters on the Water open now at um, out at Sardis. They had their big uh, weekend, big summer kickoff over the weekend. So they're uh, rolling now If you, uh, as the weather warms up. Uh, you can enjoy a lot of um, drinks and food and all that good stuff at uh, Rafters on the Water and also Rafters in New Albany. Almost
2: a really bad start at the morning. The top was not fully on the coffee as I turned it, oh. and it about went all over me right there on, on air. That so. would not be fun. It would not have been a good start. Uh, it would take you ESPN 8 to see this, but I love that logo on your t-shirt. That's a really good logo. Oh, the old cub
3: logo. Yeah, the old yeah. cub logo. It's good. I really dressed up for the show today.
2: You did. You're in it.
3: You're... I'm just... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's summer. I mean, you know what? Memorial it's... Day is here. You wear all your white outfits now. They're good to go. After mm. Easter, you know, all the way to Labor Day, you're all, all all good. I've
3: pretty much quit drinking coffee, so. Really? Yeah. I've gone from three. You went to black for a little while. Like, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll fix a cup, and i have like four sips, and I'm done.
2: Probably good, because it means you're getting over caffeine a little bit. Probably. It's actually sort of coming out of your head, and that's not a thing. And I don't, I don't know that I'm much worse, but it's so habitual at this point that I just do it without even realizing whether I need it or not, but. I oh, I, I, I mean, I can't criticize. I did yeah, it yeah, for yeah. forty years. Uh, I probably have too much is the thing. I mean, I probably four cups in the morning, ish, because I'll have one or two while I'm just kind of at home. And I mean, that's that's full. That's two cups.
3: So I just I started know. to realize how well what I'm doing. I can't have anything in it. So right, yeah, yeah. I just quit. Yeah.
2: Okay. Anyway, now that we got that out of the way, uh, again, Ole Miss getting into the tournament. They will open at six o'clock uh, on Friday, weather permitting, against uh, against the Arizona Wildcats. Again, I was we were kind of talking about it at the media op yesterday, and um, it's two teams that look in a lot of ways nothing like they looked a year ago from Ole Miss and Arizona. And again, we'll, we'll get into minutiae, but I uh, just kind of an off the top thought is you know Jay Johnson's gone to LSU. Barry went with him, Riley Cooper um is is, is down there as well. And then this old miss team, obviously no Nikase, no Hoglin and an offense that while it's the same guys, has looked completely different in a lot of ways. So, you know, there's there's some name recognition to this. It's not exactly what's on the field. And it looks like we're gonna be dodging some uh, some tropical storms this weekend that coming into that South Florida area. I, I always tend toward they get the games in. They even can push it to Tuesday if necessary. But yeah, you you could be dealing with some weather. It looks like over the course of Friday and Saturday.
3: So Friday in Coral Gables, it's a one hundred percent chance of rain, rainfall near an inch. Uh, Friday night, one hundred percent chance of rain, one to two inches of rain expected. So I mean, you, you got to at least consider that Friday is a washout. Um, Saturday, chance of rain ninety percent. Chance of rain Saturday night, though, 40%. So you start getting into that area where maybe you can get a game in. And then on Sunday, chance of rain 40%. I think they're going to be fine. If you told me they didn't get finished until Tuesday, I'd buy it. But
2: From a competitive standpoint, look, I mean, Ole Miss has, a. Like- has a path, and their path is to go three and and0 No matter when that is, the the losers bracket will be very complicated for the rebels. No matter when they got there, yeah. the issue with the rain is that it can make it where Brandon Johnson couldn't throw twice on a weekend. <clears throat> that is right. your that is your that is your frustration if you're an Ole Miss fan from a a rain standpoint. However, frankly, Miami has the same issue. They're not great on the mound. They've got an ace. They've got a closer, but their middle is not great. Arizona's fine. They're okay. They're 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 average. I mean, it's book it's it's a winnable regional um any of those yeah, three, every team, you know, any of those three teams could come out of this thing
3: every team's going to run into issues that if you compress the tournament further they're all going to have issues that pop up the selection committee set
2: up some potential fun matchups in a super regional round the uh the opposite bracket for Ole Miss is uh, Miami's the number six overall seed. by the way uh Southern Miss the number 11 they are the one seed. They will be in Hattiesburg. LSU is the two. Kennesaw State is the three. And I have no idea who the four is over there. But um, either way, it's, 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 it's Southern Miss, LSU, Kennesaw State. Uh, getting asked this a lot on the chances of Ole Miss getting out, the only way they could host the Super Regional is if Kennesaw State or the four seed advanced. Um, LSU, by virtue of being the two seed, would host Ole Miss in a Super Regional round in Baton Rouge, not Oxford. It is not – it does not go to bid if the seeds are different and both places have parks that are suitable for hosting. So LSU would host Ole Miss in a super regional round should it get to uh, get to that. And Ole Miss would head back to Baton Rouge, much like they did. Uh, obviously, Arkansas was a national seed or a one seed or whatever. But a couple years ago, where you play three times in the regular season and play super regional round in the uh, in the postseason as well. The SEC gets nine teams into the tournament. The top nine seeds in the SEC tournament. All made it. Alabama and Kentucky were, frankly, not even close to making the field. Um, Ole Miss, the last team in, NC State, the one team that has a snub gripe. Frankly, nobody else's resume made any sense. At Rutgers to a point, but the Big Ten's always going to be seen in that light a little bit. And I and we can, again we can get into this. There's a lot of different stuff. I know it's mostly Ole Miss centric today, but I thought Aaron Fit had a column that was pretty interesting about the ACC and the Big Ten really getting popped by the selection committee and not having any representation on the committee. Those conferences do not have a voting member. And I I made a joke yesterday, but John Cohen did absolutely help Ole Miss get on this field. um, Sure. Being in the SEC representative and that, that paid off as Ole Miss was the last team in the field. And um, the, the uh, army athletics director said by virtue of the quality of their series wins versus North Carolina States, quality of their series wins pointing out auburn and lsu um among those for uh for the rebels so
3: there's that i don't know it's like this in basketball too that whatever the whoever the final team that gets in has flaws and the last team out isn't a lot different from the team that got in and so it comes down to people in the committee and you can do the conspiratorial thing about Cohen, and maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. I just got through listening to an American scandal thing about conspiracies. So conspiracies are on my mind, but okay. maybe that's part of it. And maybe it's just he would have fought for the league well, yeah, he, he that's did his, his job. job.
2: He did his job. In a, in, I mean, look, best case scenario, if you're trying to get one team in, it's having a committee member who's really going to push for that team that's not in your conference. Because he has to leave the room when mm-hmm. they're discussing SEC schools, but obviously, come on, yeah, um, yeah, it's not even really about the conspiracy. I mean, there's there, there's the thought out there that oh well, he was trying to save Mike's job. I mean, I, I mean, we're playing galaxy brain chess at this point, but uh, he 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 he's supposed to represent the SEC, present those arguments, and Ole Miss getting in means he did that effectively.
3: And the league usually gets nine teams in. Yeah,
2: only so. getting eight would have been.
3: You know, it usually does. So, to me, the more interesting thing that comes out of Selection Monday is the annual debate about, well, so what does the SEC tournament mean? And the answer keeps coming back to not much. Well, Florida hosts because of it. Sure,
2: it helped Florida. There's It helps host. It doesn't help at-large teams. I think that's probably the overlying thing because Ole Miss in 19 hosted because of the SEC right. tournament. I think you can be a... A solid two and play your way into a host I don't know that without some real significant circumstances you can play your way onto the field right that's kind of my point. but now here's the point to that too
3: because like, Alabama and Kentucky both won a bunch of games and it didn't matter.
2: what it comes out to is those little metrics that we run through where we say, okay, six of 13 get in you know we've done all that stuff about if you got 13 if you got 14. Those are all really freaking accurate. What it means is that if you've got 14, that extra win helps. It kind of puts you over the hump. If yeah. you have 13, you can kind of get to 15 and be safe probably. That's where that six comes in versus the other ones that didn't. What it means, though, is for Alabama, if you have 12 or less, you're just not freaking getting in. It's <clears throat> Last year, we're putting too much stock into the 2021 postseason when Alabama was 12-17. and 17. They won 2-2 two and in, two in Hoover last year and then got in as a three-seed in Ruston. But most of the conferences around the country didn't play non-conference games. We didn't have an apples-to-apples go-grab people. We just had to put a bunch of at-large teams in a tournament. When you look at it opposite of that, you have to get to 13 to be on the bubble in the SEC. If you play, play decently in Hoover, you got a shot. And if you get to 14, you're probably okay as long as your RPI is okay. And Ole Mrs. was. 38 is good enough. But, yeah, you, you can't just erase a regular season with a Hoover run. It does not work like that. Kentucky saw that. Alabama saw that. And you can move up a seed line, I think, probably with a with a large SEC tournament run. But, you know, our, it took Florida getting to the finals probably. It wasn't like they could just hang around on right. Friday and be okay.
3: Right. If I'm Alabama, one of the things I'm having my people mention at the meetings today is, hey, these washed-out SEC games, we've got to be able to make them up. Oh, and 100%. It's killing you because it's about win total. Because they were tied in the fifth with Auburn. If you
2: win that game, you're thirteen. And, you have a different resume. You're thirteen and seventeen, and you at least got a shot. Yeah, I mean it's well, look, I mean it's it's the fickle nature of the whole thing. If Ole Miss beats a And M one more time and gets to fifteen and fifteen, they're probably a two seed today. Sure, sure, instead of whatever it was that that happened over the course of that situation. Um, you know, look, I again, NC State's the one team that probably should be pissed. Um, yeah, they have a beef. 16 ACC wins, 33 RPI, which it's not even really about them as much as it is. If that's not safe, that's really interesting moving forward. I think that's probably more the interesting part of that is we that defied the metrics. We've always said, "Oh, ACC SEC team at 33, and they got to 16. Oh, you're you're golden. You're all good." Well, that's not really the case because in the past, when really good RPIs have gotten left out in those power conferences. It's because they are thirteen and seventeen or something like that. You know, LSU got left out one year with like a twenty-seven RPI, but they were thirteen and seventeen in the league, and and, and that was two thousand eleven, and that held them out. Um, so that's interesting. But look, here's the bottom line: there is no hard and fast rule for multiple reasons. You're you're trying to put a group of at large teams in every season, and all the resumes are not the same every season. It's not like you're just picking the exact same resumes off the thing. Ten people change. Ten people have different opinions. The room changes on mood. I mean, there's so many different elements to where here's the bottom line. There are some hard and fast rules by conference that typically work. NC, NC State buck that. But for the most part, it's, it's why Ole Miss got in, it's a lot of different things. Those are pretty standard. And at the end of the day, they put in the teams that they want to put in, and then they find a reason why they put them in. Let's just be honest here. It's not, because like I saw Mark Etheridge do this, and he's right. Yesterday, they really counted on non-conference strength of schedule. The teams with really good non-conference strength of schedules mostly got in. Well, except for Ole Miss. They were 94 in non-conference strength of schedule. That's not getting you in off of that metric. You put in the teams you want to put in, and then you have a justification on why you did it when you go on TV. This isn't rocket science. And that's not like conspiratorial or they're playing favorites. It's just... Look, I test matters. Who you are matters. I mean Ole Miss probably got a bump yesterday because they're Ole Miss in baseball and they have Mike Bianco who's the team USA coach on their team. Probably did. Okay. It's life. I mean I you know, it is what it is. Um like I said, I, I get why NC State's pissed. I get it, but at the end of the day, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um the SEC not well represented otherwise from a host site standpoint. Um nor should they have been. No, Florida, Tennessee, Auburn, and A&M, four. Yeah, um, that's plenty. A&M at the five national seed was interesting. That was pretty high. Uh, Florida at 13, Auburn, I don't even remember where they were. 15, I think. Okay. Um, Vanderbilt getting shipped all the way out to Corvallis is the two at Oregon State. Yeah. Um, thought that was an interesting spot for them. I'm, I am glad they didn't just send them to Louisville again, though. At least move them around. Sure. Go play somebody else. I thought that was... That was of note. Um, so, Sent Florida State to Auburn for the eight gazillion at the time. Auburn playing Florida State or Georgia Tech is pretty much just an it's annual. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's an annual event for the most part there. So,
3: yes. I mean. No, I thought the league was handled appropriately. That's about right. The league's not very good. There's one dominant team in the league. You saw that. And then there's kind of just a bunch of teams. And now we get to see whether any of them – I guess now we find out whether the league's any good.
2: We find out if college baseball is just like the rest of the – or just like the SEC where yeah. everybody's down for myriad reasons, whatever you want to make that out to yeah. be. That's what you find out. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Um, look, Tennessee, the clear favorite. They got a pretty, pretty doable bracket for the most part. I'm not sure anything's not doable at this at this moment, though. I don't know how you could have even stacked it. Um, Florida probably has the toughest regional, top to bottom. Getting Liberty is a three, getting Oklahoma is your two, pretty complicated there in yeah. in, in, in in Gainesville. Um, TCU A and M got a little sense of humor there. Nogle playing his uh, his former team most likely in in College Station, but. Geographically, they had they had to send a Big Twelve team to College Station. Now they chose for it to be TCU, but Tech, TCU, or somebody else, and I'm forgetting, had to go there. So
3: it is what it is. Well, I, I say this not to belabor my f- point that college baseball games are too long and and therefore often sometimes difficult to broadcast. Sure, but you you do want to give some storylines. Oh, and so you know you're trying to draw TV ratings and. Frankly, you're trying to do a favor to your broadcast partners a little bit.
2: I mean, it's a lot of what's going on with some of these Super Regional matchups. You know what I mean? Hey, if you can get, I mean, because all those are on TV. These Super Regionals are all on ESPN, ESPN2. Sure. So, at that point, hey, can we get Jay Johnson against his former team? Can we get Ole Miss LSU? Can we get Ole Miss Southern with the hostile environment in Hattiesburg? We've got to show Southern Miss. At least make it maybe Ole Miss. That's my point. I mean, yeah, that's
3: I have no problem because I
2: think there is some of that. I think they get in the room and go, God, we get in a situation where Miami loses Southern Miss, they're not going to draw. Well, put old Miss there, sure. So so if Miami loses, it's 50 50, it's the Rebels, and then sure, you know, sure. In worst case scenario, we get LSU at Miami, but we can play that now, we can make that work.
3: And I have no issue with that because a lot of times college baseball games end up going four hours, and broadcasters have I mean, it's not a mainstream sport, they're not broadcasting all season long you you know like remember the arizona ole miss series last year the broadcasting was kind of rough but in fairness to those guys it was the first time they'd seen ole miss all year they yeah. didn't know them and so it's also
2: blowouts yeah in two of the games Ole miss handedly in game one it's i mean a, game two and then arizona in game three
3: and yeah it's a it's a scramble so that happens so i i don't i don't fault them. I actually kinda of think it's people say, Oh, it's being cute. I'm like, I don't know, it's it's being cute as much as it is trying to help out a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it. I mean it, it's it's
2: and again, you've got to send these teams somewhere. And doing anything to not send them to the same places over and over and over again because you do you get into that kind of thing. So I don't know. We'll uh we'll look at the bracket in a second. We'll talk a little about kinda of what it meant yesterday. It was sort of an interesting day. Uh that and more coming up in a second, first about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga, Underwriting and Processing is done in Memphis, so getting local underwriting and understands your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704
3: or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We're brought to you by Holcomb Portable Buildings, 7991 Highway 7 South in Holcomb, Mississippi at Holcomb Portable Buildings, the custom build your building. To your specifications, however you want your carport, ATV, or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings, Holcomb Portable Buildings can accommodate you. You pick the color, the style, the windows, and the doors, and Holcomb Portable Buildings makes it happen. In-house financing is available. There's free delivery and setup within 75 miles of Holcomb. For more information, call 662-226-2233 or go to HolcombBuildings.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Holcomb Portable Buildings. Oh, did you know that Dead Soxie makes custom socks? I lost my spot. Sorry. Uh, Did did you know that Dead Soxie makes custom socks? Whether you're rallying the team or building an empire where you put your logo matters. You can't afford to put it on half-rate swag. Dead Soxy will help you create premium custom socks that you can stake your reputation on. Custom socks just might be the best promotional product you've never tried. Think about it. Every person you know wears socks every day, and they wear their favorite pairs a lot. On top of that, cool custom socks will make a lasting impression on clients, investors, employees, and donors. <clears throat> Don't worry about not having design skills. Dead Socksy does it all. The design is always free. Just share your vision and they'll bring it to life. They'll create digital mock-ups of designs, present them to you before any orders are placed. The minimum order is 120 pairs of the same style. The lead time is six to eight weeks. So get your project started at DeadSoxy.com backslash custom. Mention this ad and you'll get $100 off all custom orders, deadsoxy.com backslash custom. Uh, My 10 weekend thoughts are up from uh, about midday yesterday, I guess. They're brought to you by Game Changer Patches. They're the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20, and check out for 20% off your purchase. Also, there's a new episode of um, the Peyton Chattonay Show brought to you by The Rogue. That's up here on uh, our YouTube channel. Also, it's at rebelgrove.com. It, like I said, it's brought to you by The Rogue, The Rogue 4450 I-55 North in Jackson, or uh, therogue.com. Today's the final day to take advantage of their collegiate collection. Order uh, any two collegiate collection items and get 20% off at uh, the Rogue.
2: Podcast is brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. That's johnstonhillcreamery.com. We've got an upcoming cheese class. That's Thursday, June 9th, 6 to 730. In this hands-on class, you'll learn tips and tricks to plan, prep, and style. A beautiful charcuterie and cheese board. Refreshments and snacks are included and your finished board will be boxed up for you to take home and enjoy later. It's limited to 12 people, so can call them now and reserve your spot. That's 662 419 Email cheese at com. Again, local cheese made in-house every single day just off Molly Bar on White Oak Lane. Again, that's 662-419-9201. So, I mean, yeah, look, they're not going to scrap the automatic qualifiers at any point. That just is what it is. So, And they shouldn't. That's fine. I mean... Everybody knows the score. Have a little better resume and you get in. Um it's like I got getting asked multiple times just like, hey, did almost deserve to get in. It's like I mean, I don't know. I mean at the bottom of the bubble, the top of the bubble, it doesn't make it. Nobody necessarily just paved their way in. Everybody has flaws and issues, so yes or no, depending on how you want to go about that sentence. I mean it, you make yourself the ninth best resume in the SEC, you're typically getting in. That is kind of what it comes down to. And almost yeah. did that, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, deserved is a weird word there when it comes to bubble teams.
3: Uh, they're in. Got You get another shot. That's it. They're on the road. They'll have to go through Arizona to get to Miami. They have a very narrow path. But, yeah, they got an opportunity. So, to me, what's far more interesting at this point than, than the retrospective did they deserve to get in is what can they do with it? So I mean, like you talked to a bunch of guys. I talked to Peyton yesterday. I mean, it, it's it was a new lease on life. I mean, they were, yeah,
2: they were excited because that was organic. Look, the coaches knew, the players didn't know. All that was pretty organic for them. Going, oh wow, Wait, you know, because I think in some ways the players thought they were just going to purgatory yesterday. We're gonna go and have a meeting and sit here and watch the show and yeah. Peyton talked about that a
3: lot on on yeah our show. Um, you know they spent five or six days growing increasingly negative about their chances to get in. I think over the weekend, they spent a lot of time together thinking that was the end. Yeah. And, um, they get another chance. Yeah. And Peyton talked about how they were, everybody was excited to go to practice, excited to go lift. Um, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. They get a chance. That's all you could ask for. And they get a chance. they, they, yeah, where and who it did not matter at that point. You just get in no. the damn field no, and they see had, what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, they just wanted to get in. It didn't they, they had no certainly talking about what they deserve. They didn't deserve an opportunity to say, hey, here's where we'd like to go. No. You just get in and it's a it's a tough regional, but like you said, it's
2: it's winnable. Not the worst one.
3: It's not it's not not horrible. It'd be tough. Uh Miami's a good team. That's a uh, can be a tough place to play. Arizona's a good team, but they're not the team they were a year ago, and they, they haven't close. played particularly well of late. Both
2: teams, Miami has lost six of eight down the stretch, and Arizona's lost ten of fifteen down the stretch. So no nobody's coming in white hot. That's when like East Carolina's won eighteen in a row or whatever. This is not that from that standpoint. Um East Carolina and Cliff Godwin, by the way, getting a national seed. Uh they won eighteen in a row, but despite being only two and seven against the top fifty, I was a little surprised I got a top eight there given that. Uh Notre Dame was the biggest host snub. They're headed as a number two to Georgia Southern, so they get a little bit of a give up. They play Texas Tech first, but that's a ridiculous road for Georgia Southern there. Georgia Southern, they 16th seed. They play Notre Dame, Texas Tech, in their regional, and then they're paired with Tennessee in the uh, in the Super. So good luck, Eagles, in on that one. Um, God, a
3: weekend in Statesboro. <laughs> How exciting.
2: <laughs> yeah. <if you're, laughs> that's the reward you get for your – Oh, uh, they do not snake pick this thing, by the way. They, there is no, hey, because you're the this two seed, you're the there is no strength of two and three. They just put the numbers together. I mean, they're, you typically don't see the number one overall seed getting some crazy path, but for the most part, that is not relevant to anything. Uh, it's just, it's just not. Uh, Yeah, Florida gets Oklahoma Liberty and Central Michigan, Arkansas is in Stillwater. They play uh, Grand Canyon first and then get Oklahoma State, the number seven overall uh, overall seed. Georgia is in Chapel Hill. They play VCU first, and then North Carolina is their one. VCU will Miss has seen this season. Um, again, Southern Miss is Southern Miss, Louisiana State, LSU, Kennesaw State, and Army. And then we mentioned uh, Vanderbilt is in Corvallis. They open with, with the San, San Diego Toreros. It's Chris Bryant's alma mater. And then Auburn, UCLA, Florida State, and Southeast Louisiana, who beat Ole Miss earlier this uh, this season. So there's that. Uh, look, getting in, I know there was tons of stuff on the board. Obviously, Mike Bianco's job security has been the topic the last week or so, um, was going to be the topic quickly. If they had not gotten in yesterday, But getting into a regional does not change any big-picture thing, in my opinion. So everybody who's going, oh, my God, oh, my God, chill. It it, it has no bearing on anything at all. It it gives, it presents an opportunity for things to change, but in and of itself, that changed nothing yesterday.
3: Calm down. It always tells me either people aren't listening or they just don't believe us. Yeah, just chill. At which point, I can't help you.
2: Yeah, there was a weird sense of panic
3: yesterday. It was like – they got into a tournament. We've pretty much said all along: at a minimum, they must get to a super regional. That still holds. So, if they go win a road regional, and they're playing next week, it's, it's probably a slightly different it, conversation. Yeah,
2: it gets a little different there. Maybe not all the way.
3: But I don't know. Twenty-one previous seasons, twenty because I'm not going to hold twenty-twenty against him because yeah. it can't do that one. Yeah, yeah. Um.
2: He's not won a road regional. Only played to go to a super regional on the road once, 2012, TCU. Yeah. Otherwise haven't even sniffed it. I mean, they have an under five hundred record in regionals away from Oxford over the course of those those seasons. And you know what?
3: I'm gonna give Hardman credit
2: here. Yeah, sure.
3: Because the the earlier statement that I said I still maintain. We've been very consistent journalistically on this. But he says it's hard to believe when there weren't wasn't change in basketball coming off of, of that season. So I, I get it. I understand that. I think Keith made the wrong
2: decision there. Um, and I'm not even disagreeing, really. I think it's more podcast devil's advocate. Those two teams, for right or wrong or whatever, have different
3: expectations
2: right wrong or indifferent you can call that whatever you want to call it but okay, it's the th- truth
3: it's true but it's wrong
2: I'm not arguing right, but right. that is the that is the situation yes oh i'm, I'm not that arguing there is that. 100% and, and this is not again it's not defending keith i'm just even pointing out differences there's a difference in 4 years and 22 years
3: Oh, boy we could get into semantics here
2: um th- there is and again, I'm not again, that's not even advocating for Mike to be whatever. I'm just saying there it's it's not a complete apples to apples situation from a perspective standpoint. Yeah. For- Mike has created an environment where the expectation is super regionals in Omaha, period. Yeah. It, the expectation in basketball is never sweet sixteen elite eight.
3: No. It's just a lot. There's just so much there. (laughs) The whole idea, well, the fans don't care about basketball, so we shouldn't either, is something that I intellectually find difficult to wrap my brain around. And as someone who's not – I mean, I don't consider myself a very smart person. Okay, go ahead. Because the fans, quote, don't care, which is flawed, because I've seen fans care. I know, the place has been active. Yeah but even that argument, well, the fans don't care. Okay, then, then why the hell do you have a volleyball team? Because they don't care about that either. Why do you, why do you invest any amount of money into women's basketball? Because that's do- documented that nobody gives a damn, with the exception of a handful of, frankly, old men who it's something to go do on Sunday. I mean, literally, it's that small. So if that's, what, if that's the standard... And, and that's what people give. Well, you know, there's a little different expectation. Institutionally, as a program, you should have an expectation. And there's no question which sports move the dial in terms of student involvement, in terms of enrollment, in terms of kids having interest, the things that matter, right? It's football's king, far and away. And then after that, it is men's basketball because of the tournament. The tournament's wildly successful. Every single March, we all do our brackets. Everybody watches the tournament. And if you're at a school that is a a team that ends up being a a tournament team, they usually had a pretty good January, and they usually had a pretty good February. And sometimes those are big visit months for high school kids, and those become the front door to your institution when football doesn't play in January and February and March. They don't. No one comes to spring games. Don't give me that. So it's... There's this gap between, obviously, football and the next football season that typically basketball is kind of what fills it. There's not a lot of kids doing – kids might go to orientations and stuff, but for the most part, kids start doing college visits January, February. Those are big Mm -hmm. visit weekends, senior days, junior days and stuff. Well, a lot of times those are built around basketball weekends. They try to get people to go to basketball games to see – student in environments and stuff the whole punting on basketball because well the people here don't really like basketball is just it's And i don't think that
2: would be the reasoning i don't think that's necessarily the the argument i mean look i think it was a i think it was the wrong financial move but i think there was a financial element to it i think there was just kind of punting the decision a little bit if you're honest yeah um I guess my point is, I don't know that that goes all the way to nobody cares.
3: It, it's... it's. Um, oh, let me, let me be clear here. Nobody yeah. nobody like Keith or anybody has ever said that. But oh, yeah, no, I, I know. But yeah, I, yeah, hear yeah. That, I hear that from fans. Well, nobody cares about basketball. We really care about baseball.
2: And the overwhelming point, I guess, I was making is that baseball, because of my success, is going to carry a general higher expectation. From the standpoint of, you know, Kermit can absolutely, you know, Mike is going to get fired, or the next coach, or whomever, the Ole Miss baseball coach is going to get fired if he just makes the tournament and does nothing else. Sure. The basketball coach might not. Right. Ever. Right. I mean, if Kermit, or whomever the Ole Miss basketball coach is, had 18 postseasons and seven Sweet 16s and an Elite Eight over the course of 21 years, the pavilion is renamed, and oh, there's okay, a sure. big statue out
3: front. Sure. Sure, no question about that. I think that it's the juxtaposition of, you know, two of the last three basketball seasons have been pretty shaky, and um, compared to kind of what Mike's done, it's that whole. What I was I, I was kind of saying defending the fans who were like well, I'll believe it when I see it, because nothing happened in basketball when most people would have looked at that and said Hmm. I don't know that we're heading in the right direction here.
2: And, yeah, I mean, J.M. make a good point. Expectations don't have to be equal. I'm not, I'm not even arguing that all expectations should should be equal at all. I mean, I not not even a little bit. I don't – I think you have to look at your resources and your situation across every sport and go, okay, can we be – I mean, Kansas can't sit there and go, nope, I'm firing the basketball co- – I mean, the football coach because he's not doing what Bill Self sure, doing. Sure, of course. And I get I'm taking the hyperbolic number one example in the country. Yeah. I understand that. I'm – Pretty, pretty hyperbolic. There's a lot there. (laughs) That was a, that was a low-hanging fruit there. I mean, that was, that was the one. But I mean, look, look, seriously though. I mean, Alabama basketball doesn't have the expectation of Alabama football, even though Nate Oates is very good. They're not firing Nate Oates because he doesn't win six national
3: titles. And you're not firing Brian Bohannon because he doesn't make the NCAA tournament every year.
2: No, not even a little bit, you know. Mark Stoops is never going to be seen on John Calipari's level from a what-is-required standpoint. And that's football. That's a moneymaker. I
3: wonder... Not today. I I do wonder whether Mark Stoops has raised the collective expectation at Kentucky by winning in football the way that he has. Sure, yeah, yeah. By showing that you... Six
2: and six is no longer as palatable. Sure.
3: Yeah, it would be considered failure.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I, and I guess that's the thing. You can change expectations off of a, off a coach. Yeah. And then that becomes the expectation, you know. I guess that's kind of,
3: oh, God, I'm, I, I don't need to make these enemies because I don't mean for it to be argumentative with anybody. But, like, Andy's standard at Ole Miss was they were always competitive. They were always on the bubble. Didn't get in much, but they were always on the bubble. And then when they had the season where they would fell way off the bubble, it was over. And there was more to it than that. But sure. I guess that's my point is that. I, I don't, maybe you remember this, and I'm
2: I'm actually going to apologize if I misspeak because I don't remember the exact conversation. But I want to say back during the Andy years, I was talking to Michael Thompson about it. It was like, what is the basketball expectation? And I want to say the department expectation was every other year. It was either one in two or one in three. And I yeah. don't remember which one, but I felt like that's the standard they had put. They had put on the basketball program at that point. Now, again, that's not today's regime. That's not Keith. I don't know. That's Ross and Michael. But I just – I had had a conversation with Michael about that kind of at the end of Andy's tenure, and it seems like that's that's what sticks out um, for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think is baseline doable for old Miss men's basketball? Right now. If, no, no, if everything's clicking. They're never gonna be Kentucky, but they cannot suck. So what is the baseline in that huge middle? I
3: don't know. Um
2: It's so hard to say. I mean I, I don't
3: depends on what you think what you really believe about NIL with with basketball, what you what you really believe about the new landscape with college basketball, uh what type of investment is required. Um I think at Ole Miss you have to have a coach who's really good in the portal. Um, I think in many ways, football model. Yeah, I was going to say in many ways. I think Lane is is providing a model for what you could do in men's basketball. Um, you you've got to be really active in the portal. I suspect, and you can be competitive without a crazy amount of money. Yeah. Well, I mean, they doing it in football without a crazy amount of money. Yeah, I and
2: mean, in basketball, one or two dudes makes a difference. I mean, it's, yeah, it's
3: it's. I mean, I was looking at. Um, I think Trey Biddy had it. He's used to be with Rivals. He's at two four seven, and I, I don't think he wrote it. I just saw where he tweeted it, and I looked at it. They were the um, kind of the very early SEC rankings, and they had Ole Miss at eight or nine in the league. So, you know, I mean, that's, and that's kind of where they were last year, expectations, and then they fell off. And sure. Anyway, it's a, it'll be, we're a long way from that, obviously. But it's,
2: I mean, Kenneth says we spent 96 million in Pavilion. You have to get something at some point in return. Well, the return on the pavilion would be season ticket sales and money revenue to pay for the pavilion. That is not incidentally tournament from a return standpoint. Yeah. And they also just had to have a new arena because you're in the SEC and you needed another venue. They did. The people that – I mean, Alabama's not going, hey, we built the baseball stadium to host regionals. We no. built a baseball stadium because we just had to build a baseball
3: stadium. Yeah. Tad Smith was not maintainable yeah. any longer.
2: You you had to – I mean, you're in this league. You have to make I mean, no.
3: the, the truth is Ole Miss was 10 years late. Sure on building a new pavilion sure. or building a new basketball yeah. arena. The, 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 tad pad was inexcusably bad. It was not maintainable anymore. The league was beginning to bitch about it. Everyone knew it for Ole Miss. It was an embarrassment.
2: Ole Miss is improving its football and baseball stadiums to increase fan experiences and because of success and different things. They're built a ba- basketball arena because they it would help in some recruiting ways and also they had to have it. They're yeah. building a softball stadium because they have to. They're build, you know what I mean yeah. like it depends on what venue you we're talking about and what the necessity is in that circumstance.
3: yeah, basketball's complicated.
2: It, it's real
3: complicated. Sure. It's a really hard job.
2: Yeah, no, no, I mean like I said it's not really a, it's not a cop out from talking
3: about it Just, No. No, it's, it's it's a really hard job if you were to poll 100 basketball coaches around the country and get them to rank SEC jobs, I don't think almost people would like where Ole Miss would finish. Potentially last. I mean, yeah.
2: History says Georgia might be worse.
3: Yeah. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't. I don't
2: understand, but yeah. at some point, you are what the record
3: says. Think a lot, yeah, but I think if you were to take 100 coaches with no SEC ties – And say, rank the SEC jobs one through 14 on a blind thing with just here. You do it right now. No one, no outside influence. I think, you know, 13, 14. Mm -hmm. Such a hard job. Yeah. As opposed to if you said 100 baseball coaches rank the jobs, Ole Miss would not finish 13th or 14th. If you said football coaches rank the Ole Miss jobs, Ole Miss would not finish 13th or 14th. They'd finish somewhere in the nine range, I would suspect. Yeah. Which is a lot different than finishing 14th. Yeah. And when you add Texas and Oklahoma, now you become 16.
2: And in football and baseball, when you're in that range, you have the chance for runs that are first, second, third, fourth. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you're 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 in elevation. Sure. It's much h- harder to elevate to that level from thirteen or fourteen. Sure. You're having to really get efficient it's in some stuff.
3: Borderline and, on impossible.
2: Yeah, right. It's a whole different standard on what your your ratios are yeah. high and low at that point. Yeah. So. Podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark, N E S P A R C. Two packages the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clarkport Studio. We've got it home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world class broadband. That's nespark.com. 662 238 3159. Phone service, portal controls, network security, and more. You the best internet in Lafayette County. Again, give them a call. 662 238
3: 3159. Automation and Control Systems LLC is based in baldwin mississippi it's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a rockwell automation recognized system integrator they have a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a ul 508 a panel shop they can custom tailor software packages custom design electrical control panel solutions and much more it's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381 we're brought to you by lamins fine jewelry Laman's at eleven twenty-six North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford has been serving the Oxford area for uh, almost seventy-five years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more—it's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at com or call them at six six two two three four two seven seven seven. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating—same great names. Uh, same great products, just, uh, I'm sorry, same, different names, same great products, same services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. The College Corners your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Largest selection of Rebel gear in Central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle, home to the uh, Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. Get in touch with them. They'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mention uh, that you heard about Pinnacle on uh, on the podcast, and they'll, uh, they'll take care of you. Pinnacle, a box is built just for you. To learn more, go to mypinwealth.com. Also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about traveling this summer, you still have plenty of time to make a a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Just get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll give you options that... um, you you won't find on your own, and no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of the services. 901-494-3387, or send him an email at J Edwards at RegencyTravel.net. And we're brought to you by Opa, Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. They have a delicious menu featuring gyros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, and more, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, and a mason candlelit patio. All of that at 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse in Oxford and we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle Grenada Nissan is the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com
2: Podcasts brought to you by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com Use code MPW to get $20 off your first order. That's restaurant quality shrimp. Shrimp shipped right straight to your door take care of you with five different flavors, including the new uh, most recent ones. They've got Simply Shrimp that you uh, flavor yourself. It's great for kids. Let you put on it what you uh, need for everybody in the family. And also garlic herb, butter flavor. They uh, can put that on rice, pasta, veggies, plenty of different things, including shrimp scampi. Throw it over a steak there with primeshrimp.com. My favorite is the signature. You make salads and different things with uh that's kind of an all-purpose, kind of a garlic flavor, good with everything there with primeshrimp.com. Again, $20 off at your first order using code MPW, Prime Uh, Let's see. You on the stream for a second. Yeah, I mean, Auburn had had more success than Ole Miss over time, for sure. I mean, they had Person and Barkley and dudes, yeah, and NBA I presences mean, I, and things. I, I covered
3: I mean, Auburn as a beat writer for six years, and they went to two Sweet Sixteens. Um, they were a number one seed in the tournament. Yeah, I and mean,
2: Ole Miss has been a Sweet 16 team once.
3: And Ole Miss has never been higher than a four seed in the tournament. I think that's I think. correct, yes. I mean, I, it's just, yeah, it's not, it's not accurate. I mean, there's just a, the NBA presence difference between Auburn and Ole Miss is stark.
2: Ole Miss has not been a bad college basketball team outside of a couple seasons. It just hasn't elevated into much more than that. Right. You know, missed an opportunity in 13. You had the Sweet 16 right there. Yep. You had it on your hands with a minute to go against LaSalle. Yeah. Win the game. Yeah. Try to – sometimes you kind of need that. You need something to elevate. need that thing. I mean, you know, Andy, it's a lower level here, and we're going to get off this because it's not really relevant to today at all. But, you know, Andy kind of blew that opportunity, as dumb as this sounds, against Georgia Tech and the freaking NIT that year. Oh, for sure. Because everybody was here and they were in, sure. and you, you, you've got to capitalize. When you when you get that opportunity to get – whether you should have to do that for the fans to be involved, that's a whole other conversation sure. not the point. Sure. When you get it there, you've got to do it. It's what early on Andy did pretty well. It's what Barnes and Evans did back in the day, is they mm-hmm. won the West a couple times and they went to the tournament and – they did all these different things. You've got to do that. I mean, you saw – a look, it's a lower-level example, but, I mean, you saw that with Yo. Everybody showed up for the Tennessee game, and they kind of got popped against the Vols that day, and that was sort of it, and it sputtered the rest of the season. They had yeah. They had the ranking of the thing for one day, and it sort of – it died after that. Um, so, yeah, you've got to capitalize when those opportunities come in, in those sports where it's not just an automatic, we're headed in, we're going to this. I mean, look, Mike did that in baseball. If if he sucks in 01 and 02 – that thing doesn't get off the ground as as easily as it did at that point. I mean, they it's win one sense. of the two
1: games
3: against Tennessee Tech. I'm not sure we're having this conversation.
2: They still lose the Super Regional. I don't know. They lose the Super Regional. I think we're still having the conversation because your your problem does not change. It even adds one.
3: But the Tennessee Tech thing changed the narrative for a long time. I think it's. It I did. think to even to this to this day,
2: the Tennessee Tech series. You may I don't know if you will agree with this or not. We've never talked about it. When you talk about what got Ole Miss to this day, from a mm-hmm. Mike Bianco standpoint, or yeah. even having his job security conversation. Yeah. The Tennessee Tech loss in series is exponentially more important than the LSU thing last summer. Absolutely. Not even close.
3: No, not, not close.
2: Frankly, I don't know that the average fan gives a shit about the LSU thing. They really care about the Tennessee Tech thing. Yeah. To this day, oh, that was the team. We're back at home against Texas next week. We get to avenge that. Oh, just yeah, because it was... <sighs> Well, and, and and when you get if you could get back to Omaha in eighteen, losing these super regionals is like okay, okay, good program. We're 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 here. We're sure.
3: Yeah, and it was it's just one day, one day. It was one really bad day. It was but a it bad was, day, but it was big, and I think it's I I think it was the turning point negatively because. For so long, the argument was, well, the reason that they just can't get over the hump is they have these scholarship limitations, but you have you have far more resources than Tennessee Tech, look, well, okay. and you couldn't beat them, and so had you so even if they'd beaten Tennessee Tech and then lost to Texas, for example, yeah, yeah, there would have been disappointment and all that stuff, but you know Texas is a big national storied program, I mean. Texas has a pretty damn big brand.
2: Yeah, Texas at Ole Miss would have been a heavy, man. a heavyweight series. Yeah, and that's so if a, you
3: lose, you know, you you lost a heavyweight fight. When you lose as a heavyweight against the scrappy little welterweight, something something feels <laughs> off, and that's what happened that day. And I I don't think they've ever recovered from it.
2: Mike Bianco's problem is not losing to high ranked power programs. It's not look. I'll try to be as quick as possible about this. Is Ole Miss is where they stand in the SEC from a resources, a scholarship, all that stuff. Don't nobody scream because I said the word scholarships. I have a point. Makes it very hard for Ole Miss to consistently finish first, second, third in the SEC where you're getting the power national seed and you're you are rolling on these levels to that extent. I mean, Ole Miss in 22 seasons under Mike Bianco, they've only been a national seed twice 2005, 2018. Yeah. Number four, number five. Mm hmm. The 18 that was their highest national seed spot in Miami, in program history, frankly. So, point being, I get that limitation, and I think it's very re- relevant. I think it's hard for Ole Miss to consistently be the best team in the SEC. Sure. However, Mike Bianco's downfall is not even necessarily the Texas, the Virginia. the Well, it's not Texas. It's not Arkansas. It's not Arizona. Sure. It's that in 06 against Miami, they lost to a two seed in the Super Regional. Miami was not a host. Mm-hmm. They want a Nebraska regional to come to Oxford. In 2009, Virginia had as much demons as Ole Miss over the course of history with College Royal Series. They were a two-seed. They were in UC Irvine the week before and then came to Oxford. Ole Miss was the better team both those times, at least from a resume standpoint. Ole Miss has lost regional games to William & Mary twice, Cal State Bakersfield, Utah, Tulane, Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It's those games that have haunted Mike Bianco because if sure. you go and win a couple regionals on the road where you just are the hot SEC 2C that's hell for somebody, Sure. well then suddenly you're playing more super regionals and you're getting more opportunities and you're winning more games and you're exciting fans that sure. we don't have this very narrow window to get there because we have to host and we have to go 3-0 and in a regional. Now, do you have to go 3-0 because you have one less arm? Again, not the point. Right. The point is you're better than a lot of teams you are losing to over yes. the course of his tenure in the postseason. Yes,
3: it's not the Texas and Super And Tennessee regional.
2: Tech it's, was the big mallet sure. on top of that whole argument when sure. it's Tennessee
3: Tech. Sure. I mean, most teams lose Game 3 of a Super Regional in Fayetteville. Yeah, most Maryland, teams lose.
2: Cal State, Bakersfield. They lost all those teams. Most
3: teams lose Game 3 of a Super Regional in, in, in Tucson. It's, it is what it is. But, yeah – Tennessee Tech was a big – it was a It was a shift, frankly, to the point where I think the only way that he recovers from it is to go play that role. Go to Coral Gables, win a regional. Go to Hattiesburg or Baton Rouge and win a super regional as a road team. All of a sudden, a lot of that goes away at that point. Well, son of a bitch, he just did it. Otherwise, it just keeps coming, and that's just that—that's that thing that just stands there.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, tied for in the old SEC, he's tied for ninth in College World Series appearances during his time. While he's the top five highest paid coach in the country. Yeah, most SEC schools would not go twenty-two seasons with one Omaha appearance. They really invest in baseball, get not to mention Alabama or sure, like
3: that. sure. Well, again, it's add Texas and Oklahoma to the mix here. And if you polled 100 college baseball coaches around the country and said rank the jobs, Ole Miss would finish eighth-ish, ninth-ish. Well, you Well, you can surge from there. That's yeah. different than being 15. Because
2: you put them in the like – but you add those two teams in. I think right now Ole Miss is, depending on your day, seven to nine. Yeah. And I, they're not as good of a job as Texas, and they're a better job than Oklahoma. Yeah. So – Yeah.
3: And so you can you can move from that spot. If you're in the middle of the pack, you can move to the front. If you're fifteenth, it's gonna be really hard to get to third. Like really hard. Like it ain't happening. Kentucky's yeah, never gonna be a, a Kentucky's climb. never gonna be a top four job in the league. It's always gonna be an underdog job in baseball. But you can So Mitch Barnhart sets an expectation? And whatever that expectation
2: is, you play off that expectation. You can raise it over time, but sure. that is that baseline. Sure. It, like I'm going to write about it later in the week. It's a fascinating regional from that standpoint. It's it's actually the storyline that I find because I think I, I, I like not from a matter standpoint, but just from a from a standpoint of demons and history and different things. <clears throat> This weekend's really interesting for me because Mike is absolutely coaching for his job. And he gets, you know, it's 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 Miami, which in 06 was a Super Regional he really needed to win right there mm-hmm. at that point of his career. It's in 2008. It's not that they didn't meet beat the number one overall team in the country in Coral Gables. It's that that was a team that was number two nationally early in the year, much like this year, and just fell freaking apart and couldn't sustain at one point there. It's an Arizona team where if he wins one game last year, we're not having this conversation sure. right now. You get through that and it's well, Southern Miss has been better than you inside the state. You gotta go through them. It's L S U with all that shit like mm. this is a hilarious bracket in a way. Sure. From, hey Mike, here's the path to saving your job. Shock off these demons one by one yeah. as you go down this road right here. I mean, it's it's a it's a Tennessee Tech or a Texas away from being a full slate of just what's what's hit him over the past. I mean it's it's
3: Yeah, like you said, he has a chance to exercise a lot of demons Oh, in two weeks. Sure.
2: He was on the field for Miami's worst moment ever. He was the third base coach when Warren Morris hit the home run in 95 or 96 in the World Series final. Yeah, he was an assistant at LSU. Because the picture is, you know, Cora like laying down in the outfield
3: is what everybody remembers from Morris hitting that that ball. I actually watched –
2: I saw that live back in the They day. had the
3: rain delay of one of the games over the weekend, Hoover. And I guess I was too lazy to go change the channel, or I might have been on a Peloton ride or something. And it was just on. It was a Skip Bertman documentary. I'd never I ever. I saw this. I yeah, never I was working during a little bit of it. It was, it was good. It was
2: well done. It actually was really, really well done. Yeah.
3: I have no idea. I have no clue. The question's about did something happen at Funky's? I have no, no I, idea. I, no Hoblo and Glace? I don't know.
2: I, I have no idea. I though. truly not, don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, nope, not.
3: I've gone out in Oxford once this calendar year, so I, I there's no way I would know that. And If you don't know it, I sure don't know it.
2: I don't know it and haven't tried to know it.
3: No, nah, don't care.
2: That's my that's
3: my move on that. Kenneth, right? There was a lot to that Texas Tech thing. It was Tennessee Tech, I should say. Texas was going to be in Oxford that next weekend, and Oxford was going to be an absolute zoo. And then it wasn't. Just. And so there was beyond them.
2: There was an anticipation for yeah. just a. It was going to be a huge weekend. I mean, because you have to also put a mindset on this. Okay, like we we forget this a little bit. This is a a relevant topic for today. We forget this a little bit now looking back. We just go, oh, well, yeah, that was a good old miss team that really should have done something. It's beyond that. It's you went in 14, you had a rebuild in 15, you sucked in 16. So you hosted a regional. Actually, Mike had one of his better coaching jobs in 16. He was actually, he put a roster together that was not overly good and played really well, but they go 0 2 in their own regional there's a lot of kind of, Hey, was this a one hit wonder? Can you get it back at all? Is this the end a little bit after they lost to Utah and Tulane there in that Oxford regional and they signed that signing class and they signed the number one signing class for the first time in school history, the very first number one signing class in any sport in school history with gray and Thomas and all those guys. and, in 17, you get the pass because they're all freshmen. They, they weren't very good, but, hey, they come on at the end of the year, and you can see it. You know, Allisons sure. and Feigl and all those guys, and, hey, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to be what it's going to be. And then 18 was, 18 was when it was supposed to pay off. It wasn't, it's everything we're talking about, but in addition to that, it was supposed to be that charge into the next chapter. And then when you lose to Tennessee Tech and you don't get that week against Texas and you're a national seed that flounders and frankly was kind of embarrassing in baseball circles across the country that weekend. Yeah, sure. It's see, same old, same old. It 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 was. Yeah. It I was know. not even season or program deflating. It was kind of era deflating from that that standpoint of everything going on at the time.
3: But I remember that next weekend when it was supposed to be crazy and instead it was dead and there was like it was it was it was kind of a funeral. It was, and it was weird. It was like, "Hey, boy, these are." And Tennessee Tech won Game One in Austin, and you
2: went, "God, Texas was beautiful." Like, you know what I mean? You kind of do this, yeah. "Ah." Well,
3: and just beyond that, though, I mean, just there's a mood swing that happens. There are just losses for teams for franchises that are that alter the course of things. I mean, where if you go back and change that and Revisit the timeline, it looks a lot different. And that was one of those days. No doubt about it. Pierce was the coach then. It, it was absolutely one of those days. And I don't know that they fully recovered from it. Well, there is no recovery from it unless you go on run. Yeah, well, if like, well, if one of the, you know, they lost the two super regionals, one in Fayetteville, one in Tucson. I mean, if you win one of those, it goes away. Um, but, you know, When you have those kind of days. It's like I I remember telling people when the Virginia thing happened. And somebody's like, oh, this how long does this hurt? I'm like, a long time. Because it was, you know, I I was like, it's like the Bartman game with the Cubs. I remember I wrote that column that this is going to hurt for a long time. This doesn't go away. You this this and we didn't know fresh. how
2: long because the roster had gotten so decimated. That was the last of Dan's guys yeah. that were on that team, and they had a complete three or four year of ugh, yeah. kind of got
3: back. Where it was like you know this is this is going to take you a minute to get over, and it and it did. Took you what was that that was two thousand nine? Took you five years. That didn't go away until you beat Louisiana Lafayette in that game three. That's yeah. that's the first day that, that, the, cleanse that. that the Virginia thing washed away. And so now I think they're still waiting to wash away Tennessee Tech, and it just hasn't happened. Oh, You've added on. There's yeah. malignancies. There's more super regional losses. There's- yeah, although, again, those super regional losses are understandable. They are. They're absolutely you understandable. You lost to better teams both times. On the road in difficult places to play. Yeah. And so had you beaten Tennessee Tech – and let's say you'd gone to Omaha that year, and still lost in, at Arkansas, and still lost at Arizona, we wouldn't be having this no, conversation. No, no, no. You'd be going, "Well, yeah, the, those those teams were better because they were. Arkansas was better than Ole Miss. You reframe year. nineteen, of you know, Mike got a really good coaching job to get them there. Bingo, pretty good. That's exactly right. It's it's why well, yeah, had,
2: had he gone and finished third in the country in eighteen, we're going, okay, well, whatever.
3: You'll be the one writing the autopsy, if I mean the the uh, the obituary, if if one's written. Um, if I were writing one, better I better get to work on it. Okay. Uh, if I were, if I were writing one, I think that's where I'd start. Eighteen, yeah, on that Monday, because I think if you change that Monday, we're just—it's everything's different. There's no angst even this weekend. Yeah, they made it. They got in. How about that?
2: The argument to that, the other way, maybe not. Would people still be as pissed had they gone three or four times in the first part of the tenure? Are we
3: in the same place
2: had they gone in five no, and
3: nine? No, you'd have people bitching, but they wouldn't have the argument they have because their argument is Omaha, right? And so if they'd been in five and been to nine, you'd be like, well, they've been to Omaha three times in 22 years, which is – Not you know, great, but – Yeah. One, when you go, hey, oh, he's only gone once. No one goes, he's only gone three times. No one does that. <laughs> It's, but it's why I do the. It, it, it is the overall one in twenty two. Well, it's just funny though. It, it's hilarious,
2: and I'm, I'm not. Some people are wrong. It's whatever. But yeah, we're having a different conversation. If Stephen Head hits a ball over a wall, sure. Seventeen years ago, sure. And thirteen years ago, Evan Button catches a ground ball. Neither one of those things have zero impact on today's program at all. Uh, none. It none, doesn't change who Mike is sure. as a coach. No. But that's life. I mean, I'm not. Of course, it's not
3: justification. It's just. But modern. It's the Tennessee Tech. It it is. It's that. It's that day. Yeah. It's that day. And I always go back and remind people. Fourteen
2: reset everything, and then everything since fourteen.
3: That's the day. That's the day. Yeah. Because it wasn't a weekend. Oh, they were good. It was a day. And it was an angst. And it was a feeling. It's like
2: a movie where, like, you get up one morning and something's not quite right, and your shoelace breaks. You know what I mean? Like, and the day just kind of starts off, and you go,
3: huh.
2: And then, well, and there was just this mood, and the. Doesn't help when you beat ten to nothing in the opener. Ten to nothing, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Well, I maybe mean, eleven to one was. There the was final, just a mood that built. They were
3: down ten to nothing. Let's put it that way. Yeah, there was just a thing that built over the course of that day that was palpable.
2: I Nick Cortez woke up and had a handmade issue. Like it was just stuff. It was just kind of,
3: yeah. So anyway. I don't know. That's why in many ways, I think it's in their best interest. I actually think they have a better chance with this team
2: mm-hmm.
3: playing away from Oxford than they do in Oxford. Right. I believe that firmly. Well, oh, history
2: has shown that. It might not
3: before. mean anything because they might just not be good enough. Sure. They might just not have enough pitching to but, get yeah. through. Sure. But if you told me that this team, if you had told me two weeks ago this team was going to make a run, I would say they need to do it on the road. Yeah, sure.
2: Podcast brought to you in part by G&M Pharmacy. Medpacks are becoming increasingly popular, especially for those helping their parents manage their medications. You know what we're talking about. Medpacks are basically monthly pill planners. They're prepackaged by the pharmacy by date and time. Each morning pouch is followed by an evening pouch and so on. Guys over at Tyson Drugs and G&M have been offering medpacks for over a decade, and they're available here in the Oxford community on South Lamar. So give them a call. Visit today to get started. They'll hook you up with that. They'll also transfer your medications with one call They make it easy. They take care of the rest. That is 662-236-2222.
3: I'll have a uh, mailbag up tomorrow at rebelgrove.com. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. We're brought to you by Service Specialist staffing and recruiting agency connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. If you're in it, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, whatever, they can help you. If uh, you're looking for help, they get to know you. They see your strengths, see what you're looking for. in Your next career move, help you find the right fit. It's always free for the candidate conversations are kept confidential so you have nothing to lose by giving them a call it's will sydney or kelsey at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website at service specialist com. don't just accept what you see but imagine something new step forward chase after a better version of yourself every day corinth dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time dr bubba mcqueen Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing available at CorinthDental.com. Brought to you by Bell & Grove. Based out of Chattanooga, Daryl Oliver and Evan Dial built Bell & Grove. It's a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. They can navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rates possible for their customers. In addition, Bell & Grove can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. Whether your business is in need of moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, Bell & Grove can accommodate you. They also provide both air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. For more information, call Daryl Oliver at 865-672-6557. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered there. Horseback riding uh, offerings From beginner lessons with uh, trainer Susan Walt to buying your first horse and competing at nationally recognized competitions. Uh, They've got the teachings of one of the best young professionals in the sport, Bowers Cone, at uh, their disposal as well. They have camp season that started uh, this week. So get in touch with them about camps, 830 to 2, Monday through Friday, uh, on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm.
2: Yeah, I... The one thing over the course of his tenure, I still think two thousand nine was his best team. I think that team plays for or wins a national title if Scott Biddle doesn't get hurt. It wasn't even necessarily when Matt hit the home run in game one. It was it was Biddle's injury that took that starter away from him. Otherwise they're they're the best team in the country at that point. Um Yeah that team was better than 18, 14, over five, in my opinion.
3: Yeah. Those um, weekends when Biddle was effective, they were they were dominant. Yeah.
2: That Omaha opener that night, had they made it, it would have been Ole Miss, LSU, Pomeranz versus Anthony Renato.
3: Yeah. There been a few scouts in the building that, that night for the for the 7 p.m. for sure uh, opener. We'll say one thing, speaking of Pomeranz, and he was so tired by the end of that Virginia. They should be, the one benefit that comes from this, and I know they did some inter-squads and stuff, but they should be really rested.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, legitimately. Well, I mean, Peyton brought this a, up.
3: Well, Peyton brought this up. Mississippi State did not do anything at the SEC tournament last year. They were really rested and went on a run. You look for reasons to – there are. They're there. I've, that team that lost to Tennessee Tech poured heart and soul into winning Hoover. Remember, I covered it. Yeah.
2: Losing game one. I mean, had to run through that thing.
3: Yeah. they They expended a ton of – Physical and emotional energy. This team didn't. This team played one late night game in Hoover, and they got out of there. They, they were home
2: by noon the next they day. They ought
3: to be rested. Yeah. Lucia needed the break. Peyton said they played some six inning just inner yeah. squads. But come on, man, nobody was <laughs> nobody was grinding. <laughs> no, so he kind of right. laughed at my question. Like,
2: They made sure pitchers got a certain number of pitches in. Yeah. Make sure Elliot threw off a mound. That was, that was it. what they did. Hey, get some live and bats. Do not slide or dive. I'll kill you. But he wasn't amped up. No. Right. No. <laughs> no. So, yeah. we'll see. His his heart rate will be a little higher in Miami on Saturday. Yeah. potentially yeah. a big moment for him. Sure. As the host canes as a freshman. I haven't heard whether Miami's holding their ace. I have no idea. They do have one really good arm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, it's such a gamble to do it. I get it, and I think you should do it, but it is—it's risky because you're losing. You're like, well, that screwed that. The whole season went down in the tubes.
2: You do it because the 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 the, the logic is completely valid. Of if he can't beat Canisius, he ain't beating Ole Miss, right? So sure, no, I'm, I mean, look, I, like it's I said, like I, if Ole Miss loses on day one, I don't throw Elliott against Canisius on game two. Nope. Because if Derek Diamond can't beat Canisius, he's not beating Arizona the next day. Right. I mean, and it doesn't. You either win the regional yeah. or you don't. Yeah, we're not going. Hey, you know, well, Mike has a lot of no, hey, regional runner ups. The is going up.
3: I'd like to hear the. I'd like to see the reaction to the person went, Hey, they did. They did finish second, not third. And the re-. yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Make a run for it, bud. <laughs> no, you either win the regional or you don't. You play to yeah. win the regional. Yeah. One team moves on. The other three teams go home. So, whether you go home on Saturday or Sunday is such immaterial. Who gives a shit, frankly? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. It just does not matter. You either win it or you don't. So, you manage it to win it.
2: We didn't talk about this. Uh, Sugar Bowl moving off its day. It's a December 31st. Is it game because this it's year. a playoff game? It is to avoid conflict with the Monday night NFL game. Smart.
3: Bow to the king.
2: The Sugar Bowl has a lot of attitude, and with most people, they tell
3: them to f off. But in
2: this one, they went out.
3: Okay, all, right, all right. Bow. <laughs> to, bow to the king. <laughs> when the king enters the room, <laughs> bow. Uh,
2: yeah, it says uh, that is the same day as the semi as the playoffs. However, though, um,
3: so it's a playoff game too, right? But it's not a playoff. It's game. It's not a playoff game.
2: No. Oh, no, 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 no. Wow. Yeah. The games begin on December 16th. Bowl games begin on December 16th. Blah, blah, blah. Championship game is January 9th at SoFi in Inglewood, the Rams Stadium. Uh, college Bowl semifinals will be held December 31st, a Saturday at the Peach and Fiesta Bowls.
3: What time?
2: Because uh, the look. Sugar Bowl's prime time. Hold on. Let's get there. Let's see what else is in the story. With January 1st falling on Sunday, the games are usually played on New Year's Day. Were moved to January 2nd when the national holiday is observed. The move to Monday is common in college football to avoid conflicting with the NFL. So they already were going to move the Sugar Bowls issue is they were getting off the playoff days. Sure. So they're going to give up their day to get off the playoff. They were going to the second. But then the NFL has a game on the second. So they're coming back to the 31st now. Right. But are they going to be playing
3: at the same time as a playoff game?
2: Uh, Or are they
3: moving the playoff games up in the day?
2: I'm looking, trying to figure it out. Um, The Rose Bowl will be played on January 2nd anyway. They are playing it you know, on January 2nd on ESPN and will precede a bills bengals game. Oh, so it's not in. only
3: a Monday night game, it's a damn good Monday night game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last time the Sugar Bowl was played before January 1st was 95. The Orange Bowl will be played the night of December 30th, Cotton Bowl January 2nd.
3: Sugar Bowl's at 11 a.m. Oh, that's weird. Damn, they really did surrender. Wow.
2: Well, I guess if you're the Sugar Bowl guy, though, and you see, okay, it's NFL game. Yeah, we don't really need to compete with that. Is it? Is it, is it at least like Jets somebody? Oh,
3: uh, yeah. No, Bills, Bengals, and we're right. or
2: yeah. out. Yeah. 11 a.m. on the
3: 31st. So they're the warm-up game for the playoff games. They are. We'll have well, they'll a triple get, header. They'll get a massive number.
2: Have a triple header with the Sugar Bowl kicking it off. Because
3: all the kickoff shows will kick off and, go, and lead into the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. It's all good for them. I didn't know that they had it in them to make a pragmatic decision. And the Rose Bowl got a little lucky because they can keep their slot and go straight into the night game. Yeah, a no, they're, they're a winner in that. Yeah. Everybody will watch that.
2: You get to see the sunset, and then you go sure. into
3: Bengals and Bills. Yeah. Where's that Bengals-Bills game? Is it in Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Ooh. I mean,
2: maybe I mean, it's hard to get better. Probably the Monday Night Football's best game of the year because the Monday Night schedule usually sucks.
3: That's got a chance to be a doozy
2: of a game. I mean, that does. That's – That's really good. Yeah, I've got it here. Um, Peach Bowl. Okay, so December 31st, here are our games. Yeah, uh, De- Sugar Bowl, 11, 11 o'clock ESPN. Yeah. And then the semifinals at 3 and 7. What about the Sun Bowl? We're not going to get our New Year's Eve Sun Bowl game? Where is the Sun Bowl? Looking. Music City is also on uh, December 31st. Sorry, I apologize. It's being played at the exact same time as the Sugar Bowl. At 11 a.m.? Good luck with that. In Nashville? No, in our luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the lottery system when balls going, no Music City, no Nashville, no Nashville. Please, please, please. I don't, am I blind? I don't even see the sun. Though. They always play it on New Year's Eve. Well, it is not being played on New Year's Eve. Huh. That is not
3: correct. How about that?
2: Is the Tampa Bay Bowl something that was already a thing, or did somebody change the name?
3: I think that's the Outback
2: Bowl. That's the Outback Bowl now? Mm-hmm. They're just the Tampa Bay I think Bowl?
3: Outback is – Out. Took their blooming Onion and went home. Really? Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure.
2: Birmingham Bowl was in Birmingham on December 27th. Okay. You want to mark your calendars today?
3: I'll mark my calendar for something I hope I'm not at.
2: Stay yeah. up, right? Oh, for sure. If at all.
3: You maybe you go over there for the big big presser and then you Yeah, no.
2: Uh the Sun Bowl is now December thirtieth. Okay. Friday, December thirtieth,
3: twenty twenty two. Okay. Still two thirty in the afternoon.
2: Um uh, I was it's it's in two hundred and thirteen days and two and a half hours from now, so no, it is a noon kickoff. Oh, okay. Yes. I'll probably watch. It's an A C C Pac twelve game.
3: Yeah. There's that. Yeah, I don't have anything against Nashville, Ginger. I just don't want to be covering a game during the Sugar Bowl on the playoff day. (laughs) Unless the team I'm covering is in the playoff. Who's the Sugar Bowl team in the SEC this year? Ooh. I would tell you it was either Ole Miss, Kentucky, or Arkansas? Not A&M.
2: Because remember, this is the winner that's not in the playoff.
3: For some reason, I just don't think it's A&M.
2: So you think they fall off then? Because you've got Georgia and Bama in the playoff. Yeah. So you think it's, again, the number three SEC
3: team? Yeah. I don't think I put Texas A&M ahead of those teams. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. People are asking me to really believe in Haynes King. Mm -hmm. What did I see? I mean, for example, if you told me today I can have Haynes King or Will Levis, who do I want? I want Levis. If you told me today I can have Haynes King or I can have K.J. Jefferson, well, K.J. proved himself last year. There are limitations, sure, but he's working with Bryles again. Bryles knows his limitations. K.J. put up good numbers last year. If you tell me I can have Haynes King or the Ole Miss guys, I'm like, okay, well, now I've got some thinking to do. Because none of them are proven. But we're doing this deal with AM because of NIL. Yeah, sure. And they're all freshmen. Now, they're really talented freshmen, but they're freshmen.
2: 30 seconds or less, Warriors or Celtics, and how many games?
3: Uh, I hope I'm wrong. It's Warriors in seven. I will tell you in this. Seven. I, I started to write this in ten thoughts, and then I didn't because I think people would have said I was writing for myself. The Warriors making it back to the finals is an absolute indictment on Kevin Durant. Ooh.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's it's, it. it's an indictment on Kevin Durant. It shows you that they were fine without Kevin Durant. His in. legacy, frankly, has been pretty bad.
2: Relative to his talent. Yes,
3: yes. It, show, it, it almost negates those two titles. Because it shows you he was just an extra. He wasn't a requirement. He was just, yeah, sure, throw the lobster on. Why not?
2: He's Chris Bosh.
3: I mean... I, don't know I mean, that the, he's a fancy
2: Chris Bosh. I don't
3: know that the Heat win without Chris Bosh. And so now you have, in fact, the Heat don't win without Chris Bosh. The Heat don't beat the Thunder in 12 without Chris Bosh. Oh. Warriors didn't need Kevin Durant. They're fine. Andrew Wiggins is Kevin Durant. Playing his ass off, by the way. Another reason you don't give up on a player after two years yeah, in the NBA. Sure. Sometimes they actually develop. Yeah, sure. But Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green were a championship unit without Kevin Durant, and now they're a championship unit without Kevin Durant again, and it's a knock on Kevin Durant.
2: Sure. So
3: fascinating. Uh, that
2: starts when? I
3: think it's Thursday night's Thursday? game one. Okay. Thursday
2: so game
3: I'll, one. I'll go Warriors in seven. Okay. I will say this, the Celtics, the way that they've gotten there is a it's a uh it's the poster child for organizational stability. Oh. It's the poster child for uh building a culture of uh team and defense, and it should motivate a lot of NBA franchises. Mm-hmm. We'll see uh,
2: what shakes out of SEC meetings. They're in uh, all day today. I know ADs have a pretty busy week. They're doing today and tomorrow, and it kind of slacks off. I think football is doing today and tomorrow, maybe. I think, I think so. that's right. It's usually um, what happens. Yeah, something like that. So we'll have whatever comes out of that over the course of the day. Um, there are actually some rivals people there, so we can get some stuff from them. Uh, and uh, and much more. We'll talk more baseball, again, heading into Friday, 6 o'clock. Again, Miami and Canisius is the early game, some Places do this because they get more rest. And if they don't have huge crowds, what difference does it make? Play the early game. Sure. So Miami Kenesha sit like 1, 2, noon. and then noon. Okay, mm-hmm. there you go. And then 6 o'clock for Ole Miss and Arizona. So that's uh, that's coming up. Uh, you're going to see Top Gun in the theater? Are you going to? At some point, yeah. Okay. We'll be
1: uh, back tomorrow. Have a good day. Take care. Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash wire to learn more and find a center near you.